Yesterday I was cutting down a tree for a client and got talking to him um, because I like to talk, as you may have noticed. Um, we got talking about our, our hobbies and I told him about my thing and he told me about that he, he's a, he has a passion for writing. And downstairs, so he's got a two-story house, but downstairs he's got a bit of a den. And yeah, started talking about how he needs his den or his hobby space to be set up. And I thought that would make a great episode for the podcast. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. Welcome to episode seven of the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. My name's Eero. Um, and yes, as I said, we're going to be talking about our hobby spaces. So my client expressed that he needs a very calm place to write. He needs it to be um, no distractions. He's got his desk under the window, which he, he's got a beautiful property. So he loves to look out. Thanks to me, he's got a beautiful property that is. Um, <laughs> no, so he likes to look out and, you know, see the flowers and the trees and the birds and the bees. And that relaxes him. Uh, he, he sometimes says he puts on music, but it's very much um, like chill music, like almost meditation style music. Think like Deep Forest. Remember that? <laughs> that didn't sound relaxing, but you know what I mean. That kind of chill, chill stuff. See, whereas I, um, yeah, I need I need music on. Um, I have a um, a playlist. I think it's up to about probably almost a thousand different songs now um, that I play uh, uh, via Spotify. It's, I just called the playlist Warhammer, but it's got everything in there from metal to Gregorian chants to, you know, like Viking um, percussive music. It's really, it's all very powerful. Think like video game type music, uh, very stylized, very epic, you know, battles and all sorts of stuff going on there. And, and I listen to that because it gets me pumped. It gets me like, yeah, I'm going to paint the shit out of this model. So yeah, I like me a bit of music. I can I can certainly uh, get by if there's no music. Like so say if I'm upstairs and uh, because my fungeon, as I like to call it, the Eero Studio, is downstairs, um, sort of tucked away, which is really good. But if I happen to be upstairs painting and everyone's gone to bed or whatever, then I won't have music on. I'll just enjoy the peace and quiet, you know, and that's that's kind of nice too. What's funny to me is I like to work in sort of a organized chaos. So I know where everything is in my fungeon. Um, but if anyone was to come down and look at it, they would just go, wow, it's a complete mess. Now, I do like to, every now and then it sort of shits me and I go, I'm going to clean this place up and I'm going to have it perfect. Everything's going to be in order. Everything's going to have a place and all that kind of thing. But really, it isn't long. I could have one session of converting and the whole place is a mess again. But that's okay because it's not hurting anyone, the mess. Uh, I think my wife, you have to walk through my fungeon to go to the laundry. So I think my wife and my kids, I think they just sort of turn a blind eye to the craziness that is the fungeon. <laughs> just think, yep, that's dad's weird space. 
The funny thing is, though, when it comes to my work, I run my own little humble gardening business. Um, it's quite the opposite. I'm very organised, very quite quite neat, or as neat as you can be when you're a gardener and covered in dirt and leaves. But <laughs> but you know, like I. I run a fairly tight ship. I like my my truck set up a certain way. I maintain my tools and all that kind of thing. But with the hobby, I think because it's for no one but me, then I just do what I want. And for me, working in a chaotic space, well, what look what might be perceived as a chaotic space to others, works for me. Like having sprues and bits and bobs everywhere, I can sort of almost see everything at once. So therefore, I can grab this and I can cut this open and pull this apart and open that new box and look through the magazines and figure out the paint pots. And you know, like it just, it just works because it's like a it's like a, a palette of all different colors at once. So I can grab this, see this one, maybe not think of that, but because it's right there visually, I think, ah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I'll grab that as well. I'm lucky enough to have a whole room dedicated to my beloved hobby, which is uh, I'm very grateful for because I know others out there, they might live in a smaller sort of apartment and they have to keep everything tucked away or they've got like a card table set up where they do their painting and you know, like, like, yeah, that would be tough, but I'm very, very lucky, and uh, the space I've got is great, and I really try to utilize um, every square inch of it, but saying that, I do need, it's, it's pretty good storage, I've got a, a big cupboard that I've got all my, you know, boxes in, uh, unopened, most of them are unopened boxes, so that's like my library, <laughs> that's my, or supply depot, uh, there's, um, I've got two tables in there. One is my working desk, you know, where I do all my conversions and, and painting. The other table is sort of, well, it was originally set up to be the gaming table, but now it's just covered in models and boxes and, and crafty type stuff and things I find around the place to think, oh, I could use this bit of pipe for this and all that kind of thing. I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys can relate to that. But just recently, I was thinking, hmm, under that second table, so not the hobby desk, but the other sort of storage table, I suppose, under there is, yeah, just, uh, it's jam-packed full of boxes and bags, full of like, you know, like all the basing materials, crafty stuff, mats, game, like gaming mats, um, boxes of sprues and there's all sorts under there. There really is. So, so as I say, I kind of like having everything out at once, but when it's all sort of jam packed in, in the space like that, it kind of defeats the purpose. So just recently I was thinking maybe I'll get some almost sort of like bedside tables with drawers so they can easily slide under that table and then I can access them easy and have everything stored away properly in those in those um, bedside table type setup things. When it comes to the displaying of the finished models, finished, you know, dioramas and, and artworks, I like to call them, uh, you, you, you know, like I, I get it. Some people just don't have the space. And as I said before, I'm very lucky that I do have the space. But to, to paint something, to put so much effort into something and then have it tucked away that no, so no one can see it. And let's be honest, there's not many, well, <laughs> in my experience, in my little circle of people, friends and family, there's not too many people that are actually interested in what I do. And I don't mean to play the violin, but 
you know, like like my close friends, they they always have a look and they're always quite enthusiastic and and encouraging. Um, some of my family members are like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. But really, you know, it's it's few and far between if someone comes through the fungin and looks at the display cabinets that I've got set up and go, wow, man, yeah, tell me all about this one. Like, why did you paint this orc with this color? Or, <laughs> you know, that doesn't really happen. But personally, I like to be in my workspace and be able to look at the display cabinets and see what I've done. It's a it's a sense of achievement. It's a, you know something to be proud of. It's like um, I'm, I was never really into sports as a kid. I, I liked my gym, uh, and you know the sports I liked were things like chess and darts and playing snooker <laughs> and pool. Uh, so not really well i mean obviously you can you can win trophies with that kind of thing but i never really got into clubs and sports in a big way you know so i love my rugby as well but yeah again i just played that at school didn't really get stuck in outside of school as an extra curriculum but i never had the trophy cabinet you know like you see on a lot of people a lot of kids have a lot of you see on tv a lot especially american shows they've always got like you know football golf everything (laughs) but yeah i never had anything like that uh, so I guess in a way, <laughs> it might sound a bit wanky, but the display cabinets are my trophy cabinets. They're, they're, they're um, pieces of, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're projects I've done, I've completed that I'm really proud of and want to show them off. And if someone takes interest, that's cool, but I'm kind of really just showing them off for myself. As I have the space, I uh, have two very large, like like um, floor to ceiling size cabinets, wooden cabinets, but with glass doors and glass um, shelves. So I can put put a lot of uh, models in there. And that's the funny thing. Like, so even though my fungin is quite chaotic, the display cabinets are immaculate. Like they, they're very organized. Well, (laughs) the novice, you know, the person who's not into the hobby might come in and go, it's just a bunch of models. But anyone who's in the know will go, ah, okay, so that's the orc shelf. That's the Adeptus Mechanicus shelf. That's the like Saga Viking shelf. And that's the bolt action, (laughs) you know? So uh, to me, to my eye, I go, yeah, it's all organized, looks perfect. But yeah, somebody else might just walk in and go, oh, it's just a bunch of toys. One thing I do have, um, I just thought of it just before, which is exactly the same as my client. I have my main hobby desk, my work desk, under a window. It's a nice big window. And just like my client, I can see out into my garden. My garden is nice and big, but it's not quite as pretty as, like mine's just grass, a couple of trees, and kids play equipment or whatever. You know, like it's not, you know, immaculately designed. Uh, but it's it's still nice. It's nice to look out there, see the green and see the blue skies and all that kind of thing. But even on a rainy day, I quite like, I quite enjoy looking out there. So I couldn't work in a space that one, didn't have a window, but two, didn't have a window that I could sit under and, and stare out of, you know, and, and dream my dreams. Hello, my name is Scabrot, and you know what? For a human, this Imperial Rebel Lord bloke is alright, isn't he? So it's time for another spotlight. Who's going to be the lucky one today? Well... He goes by the name on Instagram at least, totally not panicking, totally underscore not underscore panicking. I'd love to know why he's chosen that name. Um, 
Is he a panicky type person? Um, as, does he suffer from anxiety? Uh, or did he used to? Because he's not panicking. So it's an intriguing name, as often, <laughs> you know, uh, Instagram handles and blog names are. They often quite clever, weird, wonderful, interesting. This guy's work is quite extraordinary. It's heavily based in the Warhammer world, um, but it's it's very, very grim dark. It's very Blanchitsu. If you don't know what Blanchitsu is, or if you don't know who John Blanche is, then you need to go and look in the mirror and then slap yourself as hard as you can. Or alternatively, you can just go and look up John Blanche and Blanchitsu. <laughs> totally Not Panicking's work is just extraordinary. Um, the, it's, it's heavily converted miniatures, but he also throws in so much grit and dirt, and the, I mean every sense of the word, and grime, and texture, and dust, and gore, and it's just everything you want in his pieces. But the clever thing is, they don't look overly busy. Somehow he manages to still, even though there's so much going on at once, he still manages to make it look relatively uh, bleak and, and simple. I find his work incredibly inspirational uh, and I don't even pretend to, to get close to his standard of craziness, his standard of, and I mean, <laughs> I mean craziness in a good way, his level of just grim grittiness is just so cool. It's really, really cool. When it comes to his painting, um, it's quite stripped back. It's, it's bleak, it's raw, but it says enough. It really puts you in a world where, yeah, there doesn't seem like there's much hope. There's not much light. It's, you know, as they say, very, very grim dark. His bases are great too, full of detail, lots of little details, you know. The more you look at his pieces, the more you see, oh, there's this and there's a skull and there's a bit of wire and there's that and it's just everything. Like you could look at one piece of his, like one model and with, with the base included and you could just stare at it for a good 15 minutes and keep discovering new things. It's very, very cool. He'll even add things like Hessian cloaks and cogs and oh, you name it, he's got it on there. Now he's quite prolific on Instagram. Uh, I often see things popping up from him on his feed. The last we're in April now, but the last count was over 500 pictures, and each one is just exceptional. Like it's yeah, I just love it. I could just scroll through his images for hours. You know, like you you can't get bored at looking at totally not panicking's conversions and his view and his ideas on what the Warhammer world looks like. Um, he also sells the pieces, which is which is awesome. I looked for his uh, for a blog or you know other sort of online presence, and um, yeah, came across. Well, it's actually the profile or the, the link is in his um, in his bio on Instagram for his Etsy account where he sells the pieces he makes. Um, you know, and I, I think that's fantastic too because he's not. You obviously you've got lots of commission builders and painters out there who you know will take on an army because someone might be too busy or maybe don't you know like their own painting skills so they'll pay someone else to paint up 
crimson fists or something like that. Um, but this guy, he's making his own unique pieces and selling them as is. Uh, you know, you can use them for uh, narrative style games, I suppose, or you might want to build up an army or, or just have them in your display cabinet. But I think that's really cool. So be sure to check that out as well. His Etsy account, totally not panicking Etsy shop. Brilliant. Now, if you don't have an Instagram account, that's fine. A lot of people don't. I've only had one for about two years, I think it is now. Um, but if you still wanna see his pictures or my pictures or other pictures, you just type in the name of the person. So type in to Google, totally underscore not underscore panicking and, and then click that uh, Google image tab and you'll find his gear. So you don't have to have an Instagram account just for those people out there that, you know, are maybe just sticking with a blog or sticking with a YouTube or sticking with Facebook or whatever. Uh, yeah, you can, still, you can still find him. If you'd like to find me, I'm on Instagram, Imperial Rebel Orc. Just type that in, you'll find me. I'm also, uh, I also have my own blog, which is Imperial Rebel Orc. That's on WordPress. Um, so look me up there and read all my lovely writings and scribbles and, and see the lovely pictures. And, and why not join in? Like, start your own blog. Why not? Start your own blog and comment and, and get involved. We've got a lovely little community over there. It's really cool and, and keeps me, they, the, the, the people over there really keep me motivated with the hobby. Uh, you can also email me imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. Um, some of you already have, which is fantastic. Uh, it's, you know, forming these sort of uh, modern day pen pal relationships, which is awesome. Now let's get into what I've been up to lately. It's more Hellgate. I've also painted uh, one dead casualty Zulu and one casualty British Defender for my Rorksdrift project too. I, I'm, I'm excited that I got that done because to be honest, my motivation for the Rourke's Drift project was starting to wane, so I was very conscious of that. And actually listening back to the podcast, I was, I was actually hearing the, <laughs> the fact that I was getting more excited about Hellgate and losing interest in Rourke's Drift. And I thought, well, instead of re repeating that pattern over and over again, why not, you know, take a step back, still go, go full steam ahead with Hellgate, but why not take a step back and, uh, yeah, make sure I get something done for the Rourke's Drift project too, because I have set myself a deadline for the Rorkstrift one, which is January, January, tongue tied, January 22nd, 2021. <laughs> I got it out in the end. But I can't lie to you good people at home listening to this podcast. I am more excited about Hell, Hellgate than anything else. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, you know what? Someone asked me recently, what is it all about? And I at this stage at least, I've got no idea. I have no idea. I'm inspired by so much that I see on Instagram, as I mentioned before, totally not panicking, amongst many others. I'm inspired by what I read on the blog. I'm inspired by TV shows, movies, everything else. So, I don't know, it's, something has triggered me to get stuck into this little world called Hellgate. And yeah, the, the ideas are just flowing, absolutely <laughs> just pouring out of me. And there's so much there that I probably, actually I know that I won't get all of my ideas down into a, into a tangible thing. You know, they'll, they'll drift off and become something else, I'm sure. But yeah, I, there's so much there. And you know what? Even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if it is just this thing, 
this thing called Hellgate that I'm chucking miniatures into and building like a madman and painting as well. Uh, yeah, who cares? Like the 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 rough idea is that it's a it's a key strategic point where all of my armies will come to battle over silly little things at one point or another. Um, <laughs> it's very old school, but with lots of splashes of, you know, 40K as well, of course. Um, you know, you've got kings, you've got queens, you've got um, big St. Michael-type statues, um, but, yeah, that are covered in grime and cogs and cables and bones and skulls and stuff so there's a there's a religious kind of feel there i suppose very uh not victorian not victorian era what am i trying oh like me- medieval i suppose but but with a big splash of 40k going through it as well um if you're familiar with outguard from a few years ago from echoes of the imperium um it's got that kind of vibe but i'm going for uh, very dark, very dark, and very red. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of red in there as well. And I don't mean, uh, well, maybe I do mean. I'm, I mean the ground, I mean the buildings, and I mean the clothing. But obviously, yeah, I don't want it just to be just to be red. <laughs> There's got to be some contrast in there too. But you know what? I'm having fun with it, um, and that's the name of the game, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going create. My imagination is just... Yeah, it's a whirlwind of ideas, so I'm just enjoying that at the moment. I'd love to hear what you guys have been up to or what projects you're excited about. Remember, you can email me, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. That address again, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. But that's it for me today, guys, in episode seven. I'm doing two a week now, two episodes a week. Um, I hope that's okay. I hope you're enjoying that. I hope it's not too much, and I hope it's not you know, um, taking too much time away from you because they're bite size. I just figured, and I enjoy doing them. I just figured, well, you know, one on a, one I can release on a Friday, one I can release on a Monday. And, you know, hopefully that entertains you a lot while you're doing your painting, while you're doing your building and all that kind of thing. So that's me. I've been Eero. You've been whoever you are. And, uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed the episode. See you in episode eight. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.